All right, let's talk about another element of the perfect business model, right? Yeah, what's the next one? I inventory. Okay. Inventory. Inventory. So I'll be honest, I don't like having inventory. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. I don't like having inventory. <laughs> that's what you said, like, when I want to do supplements, that's what you said when I wanted to do swag, like, all yeah. of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, the inventory. Yeah, so like, <laughs> so now inventory, so now you have a constraint on sales. Mm-hmm. So you have to project into the future. Yeah. You got lots of projecting. You got to project in the future. Otherwise you create a, a sales constraint. If you have growth in sales, but no inventory, there's yeah. your sales constraint. Yeah. But if you have too much inventory and no sales, you have a cash constraint. Yeah. Because now you don't have. And we've been all of those places. I have been on both <laughs> ends of that spectrum. And it's. It's a nightmare. Both ends. It's hard. Like, I, yeah. look guys, I'm not saying that having these elements, like we made a awesomely successful business yeah. through the freaking glory of God that we were able to do that, you know, as essentially newbies in business, really. Yeah. Right. With a lot of these elements completely flopped. So it can be done. I'm just <laughs> saying like, this is why I'm not doing that again. Mm -hmm. Right. Because yeah. of these. So it's like eliminate all the complexity, have less customers, have less employees, have higher margins, like, like, and again, there's no perfect business model, but like, these are things to consider, right? When you're thinking about what you're going to get into, right? Or you're at a stage of transition. So, so when we talk about, when we talk about inventory, right, you end up with that cash problem. Like if you have, if you don't have enough sales and you have too much inventory, now all your cash is tied up in inventory. And let's just say, for example, you over projected because because that's the thing with inventory is like, if you have inventory, you have a manufacturing, um, you have a manufacturing timeline. Like mm -hmm. it's gonna, for us, it was like, it took, it took eight weeks to create the product, mm -hmm. right? And then you gotta transport it and then it's ready to ship and fulfill, right? So that means that, and we're having to place POs, you know, 12 weeks in advance, purchase orders. So we're having to project out three months, six months, and then, now you're dealing with cash, right? You got to have good terms, right? You want to work on your terms with your suppliers. Like, hey, can I pay you net 45 after delivery, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's best case, right? And different industries, every industry is different. But at the end of the day, inventory just creates another piece of complexity and it's difficult to manage, right? It's not impossible. It's just difficult, right? But, you know, business is difficult, so mm -hmm. it's okay but I would rather have no inventory, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. education companies have no inventory. At Allied, this is so critical to this like no inventory. <laughs> we don't own the land. We double close, right? So as an investor, I looked at this and went, right? Okay, so my liability, like they're not buying land and then hoping they get it developed mm -hmm. and entitled and, and they, hoping uh, that the jurisdiction sold. approves yeah. it and carrying all that inventory and that liability. No, no, no. We get it under contract. We control it without owning it. That's the key. I'm like, oh, that's so smart, right? So, so that's where Cody's like, oh yeah, like why buy it, right? Like let's just get it under contract and say, hey, landowner, your land's worth a million dollars today as is right? It's on Zillow. You sell it's a million bucks. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if we come in 12 to 18 months from now, we could make your land worth 4 million. Mm -hmm. How's that sound? 
Sounds great to me. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where I've, I've, I? I've owned it. It's in, been a legacy in our whole family for 20 years. What's another 18 months? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we go put it under contract for 4 million. And then as, as time goes on, we slowly, we have basically release money. So most, in most deals, our money does not go hard, right? Meaning like we don't actually have any real cash exposure, like actual dollar. Like we negotiated the contract, we signed it, but we haven't paid anything. Mm -hmm. So we don't even have any hard money until about 180 days into the process. It's crazy. Right? And by the time we were 180 days into the process, we already know for sure that we can get it approved, right? We already have- All the handshakes, everything. We've already all done diligence. Done. Like yeah. we already know. And then our money goes hard and then it's, it's essentially there's some risk, right? In that sense. Like there's cost for us to like do the diligence, but mm -hmm. that's nothing compared to the mil you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that, um, that it's going to cost, you know, if we, if we had a bunch of like 20% down or whatever, right? Right. So that's the thing about is we actually don't carry inventory because we get under contract, we get it approved. And then at the closing table, we take a check from the buyer that we bring to the table at 8 million. We pocket four and then we hand the $4 million check to the landowner. Yep. Okay. So we don't actually own it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just the middleman. Right. And it's yeah. like, there's no inventory. We don't hold inventory. We don't hold land inventory. We don't land bank. Right. That's another model that's being done right now that sucks because you got to hold it. And then you like slowly sell lots to the builders as they need them. Mm -hmm. Sounds great for the builders, not great for you. Right? right. So that's where we're doing it differently. Right. And it plays into this inventory concept. So I think when you're, when you're thinking about what business model do I want to be in and you've got tons of inventory and SKUs and like it could be done. We had hundred plus SKUs at Lady Boss yeah. and we, we crushed it, but like, it was hard. It was tough. Yeah. Like the complexity of it and how much you're, yeah. so it's, it's more than just like, Oh, having the SKUs. It's like the complexity of it and the teams that have to support it and the building of it and the checking in on it and the, the follow through of it all. And the, it's just, it's the fulfillment it's of it. It's a lot. Yeah. Right. And totally. so you take like this whole huge complex thing and then it's just like, Oh, it's got like, we don't, that element it's just not is there. gone. It's yeah, not there. It's not there. And, but again, there's pros to it too. You're like, Hey, well, a consumable product people drink over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's they're hooked for life. Right. So look at the end of the day, it's like, you could take the opposite of everything I'm telling you. And there's billion dollar companies yeah. that are crushing it. Um, it's just when you're choosing the next one or yeah. you're thinking about yours and how do I think yeah. bigger about mine? Like, this is how you think bigger about yours. Exactly. Exactly. So here's another thing is, is, um, debt. Okay. So thinking about debt, right? Um, I'm not against I'm not against debt for companies. I think I think I don't like debt. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like debt in general as far as debt for businesses or liabilities. I like debt for investments, right? Meaning like investments that have debt that's collateralized by a property. Mm -hmm. But overall, when you in the context of business, right? If you need a bunch of debt. You have to, if you have to get a bunch of debt to make something happen, you have that liability, right? Right. And so that's, what's great about like an education business. Like, let's say you're a health coach, right? Is that you don't need debt because most of the time you can acquire a customer with profit. If you, you're selling a $10,000 health coaching program, mm -hmm. right? Like that's a great business model in that sense, in the debt sense, right? Now in real estate, like I like, I think debt's okay, but it's still a risk, right? 
And here's what I love about our business model is we don't take, we don't have any debt, right? We, we raise capital from investors. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, maybe it's debt, but, but ultimately it's not debt, right? Like they, the business. they buy in the risk with us, mm -hmm. right? But we've shown that we can execute on our business model and it makes sense, right? And so we don't have to go get a loan, right? We're not getting loans to buy these, these lots. We control them and, and for, you know, 8X the value of them with what we do, right? From an as-is value perspective. Okay, just be clear. Not like, not like purchase value. <laughs> okay, so there's like as-is, then there's like what we buy it for, then there's what we sell it for. Mm -hmm. so, so we don't need debt, right? We don't need debt. We go in and we control and we raise capital. And so we don't, we don't need to borrow. We don't need to borrow money from banks and pay high interest rates, right? And so when you're thinking about a business, that's where all the sleepless nights come in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I have been in debt because I had to borrow money to float cash because I had so much inventory. inventory. Like I've done that. Yeah. And that Wait, sucks. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so now you're paying, you're paying, that's you got I was talking debt, about the sleepless got, nights. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> and, and we knew it was going to be fine and we're going to be able to sell it, but it's just, it's harder. And so now you incur this interest cost and you have debt. So I think debt is an important factor. Um, but I will say at the same time, it's saying you see how these elements, they kind of, how they mingle together. Like, hey, if you want to be a steel processing company and buy a steel machine, right, you're probably going to have to go get in debt to accomplish one of those machines or you're going to have to raise capital from investors, right? Yep. And give up some equity or give up, mm -hmm. give up a high return. So at the end of the day, there's no perfect business, but these are the elements to think about as far as debt goes. That's a good one. Okay, here's another one. We talked about this a little bit, but I want to go deeper into this is a lower employee count, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you think of revenue per employee, yeah, right? You want to have more revenue per employee than less, right? Yeah, duh. More, that what's just better? Makes sense. Less revenue per employee or more? <laughs> more is better. Always more. <laughs> right. So this is what's so wild when I'm looking at, at Allied is I'm like, we need 50 people to do a billion dollars in sales, right? At Lady Boss, I don't know how many we would have needed to do a billion. Well, do the math. I really don't know. I would say probably like 500. Yeah. So 10 times that more. That was my thought in my head. That's yeah. just like my gut. And, you know, we, ha we used to have financial, uh, you know, body count for, that sounds bad. Head count, not body count. <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> we had body oh count forecast. That's terrible. Um, we, oh like dead bodies. Oh no. We had head count forecast based on revenue mm -hmm. for different positions that you know scaled linearly with revenue, and and then there's some that don't. But um, <laughs> so having less employees is better to make the same amount of revenue. It's less complexity, less people, right? Um, where I heard this quote yesterday. I don't remember who said it or where it was from. I'm terrible at that, but on your reels somewhere. Yeah, I know. I, I was in a conversation. It was mm. like, it was like, what were we talking about? Headcount. Yeah. Oh, the quote was, uh, "Business is simple. It's people that are hard." Mm -hmm. Right. Business yeah. is simple. It's people that are hard. Yeah, you know, you're married to me. I'm like, <laughs> hey, customer has a <laughs> the heckling continues. Yeah. Wives are hard. Mm -hmm. Marriage is simple. Your wife is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife is hard. Oh, I don't know. I think probably all the guys would agree at some degree. I don't know. 
Don't you think? You think you're that much more difficult than other wives? Absolutely. Why? Just meaner, feistier. <laughs> Talk back a lot. Yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> Just so you know, guys, she's a little nicer to me on the podcast, though. There's more smiling going I'm on. I'm nice to you. I was joking about being mean. I'm not mean. I just give you a hard time. I don't take any of your crap. Yeah. My shite. Yeah, I got you. So, um, I don't remember where we were, guys. What were we talking about? We were talking about the quote from yesterday. Oh, People okay. are hard. So, people are hard. So, if business is simple, like, hey, customers got to... Demand. It's like, hey, baby needs a diaper. You make a diaper, you sell it to the mom, puts it on the baby. Simple. Mm -hmm. People, okay, who's going to do all of that? That's yeah. the hard part, right? Mm -hmm. So is it is it easier to have more people or less people for the same amount of revenue? Yeah. And I just think of, I just think of like how many less. hands things have to move through to get stuff done. You know, like the bigger our team got all the time, it's like the more hands have to touch things, the more error that happens. It's not one person anymore doing a specific task and job. It's now five people that are touching something, right? Yeah. And so it, it does, it becomes more complex as everything grows and bigger teams and bigger projects and stuff as it goes through and like more complex and more skews. Then it's like more people are having to touch things, more filters are having to go through. And it's just like, you know, at any point, it's like, well, who did this? And it's like, I don't, we don't know. We all did. You know what I mean? It just like, there's not people that are just like, this is my responsibility. This is my one role. This is my one job. It's like the less people and the more assigned they are to their role. And like in specificity, it's like, it just feels cleaner, you know? Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. Right? Well, that's like, like I've tried just hiring people and like, oh, we have this problem over here in, in, in the company and like, you go in and you ask the team and you're like, what do you guys need? They're like, we need more help. Yeah. We need more people. Then you try to you hire when you throw more yeah, people, throw more at, people it. at it. Never works. Mm -hmm. Like most of the time it's, you need process because when you had multi, when you have more people, it just creates more communication breaks. It creates more hands. It takes, it drags. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where process is so key. Yeah. It slows so, everything down. So that's it's just better I mean to have like less people. So many hands touching. Yeah. It's just like, it slows everything down. Like yeah. you go from being like quick and moving and getting things out and boom, 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 boom to just like, now everything just slows down. It has to be yeah. like, <laughs> and that's the goal is how do you, that's the goal of good, a good scaling operating system and meeting cadence and communication and decision matrix and all these things that we help companies implement. Right. Yeah. It's like, how do you smooth all that out? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's never going to be as fast as, you know, you getting it done yourself, but also now you're not having to do it. Right. right. That's the, 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 the changeover um, or the turn. What am I saying? Yeah. That's the, whatever you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, when we do podcasts, I'm like, I give zero crap about being polished on anything. I don't care. Um, so low employee volume. Yep. Right. Better to have less. Right. And it's, I love, I love creating jobs and giving people opportunity. Mm. I think that's incredible. I love doing that. I think that's one of my favorite things is like the right people in the right seats and, you know, understanding what someone's strength is and helping them actualize it. Right. And I'm, I'm like in this partnership, it's like me seeing that for myself and going, oh, like Cody is the wizard of the business model. Mm -hmm. He understands he's been doing this 20 years. He's executed 27 deals. You know, we've got, we've got um, around a dozen active right now. Right. And we've got 18 in negotiation. Like he's a wizard of that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to add my process and my scaling 
and I'm going to systematize it so it can, it can continue to grow. Right. Right. And, but he knows it and he has that. So I'm like, I'm in my seat. He's in his seat. I'm like, I understand management and building an executive and a leadership team, defining those words. Mm-hmm. Right. Building the process around people and in departments right. and like the way the conveyor belt. What move. are the numbers and the people and the model that we need? Right. And, and so, and so like we're, we're operating in our strengths and that's so fun. That's one of my favorite things about business is, is understanding that for ourselves first as the entrepreneur that we've, we've got to understand what those make it rain activities are, those make it rain activities, those things you do that make it rain, but also understanding for the rest of the business and the other functions, the sales, the marketing, the HR, the support, et cetera, what are the people that sit in those seats and what are the activities they need to do to make it rain in their respective area, right? Like right. that's the game of, of building a company. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we talk about low employee count yep. volume here. It's really about like when you step back and there's like the problem and it's always like, Oh, we need more people. We need to hire more people. We can't, you know, first of all, it's like, look at the process. Cause that's like a big mistake. A lot of people make just like we did. It's just like throw more people at the problem. And really it wasn't until we like unwound the process, rebuilt a process that it's like, okay, we don't actually need more people. Yeah. And I would argue right? you need higher, less higher skilled people. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's, what's kind of happening now is eventually like from a tech software workflow standpoint, like artificial intelligence is going to be the tactical. Mm-hmm. And then the people are going to be the provers, the stampers the mm-hmm. make the process for the tactical, like, that's all coming, right? Like, I think there's a lot of hype about it all. Um, I think there's a lot of really good applications right now for like customer support, for graphic design, for editing, for writing, obviously, like GP, chat GPT and writing and even image creation. But as far as like decision making and like complicated workflows in a company, like I think that is coming. Strategy, yeah, yeah. But like strategy will never be done by AI, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like, I, I don't know, maybe. I'm probably wrong, but whatever. <laughs> um, so next one, next element of a perfect business model. Okay. What it, is it? It's actually the last one. Tell me. Believe it I'm or not. I'm on the edge of my seat. Is <laughs> having wealthy customers. Okay. This is probably going to offend somebody. Yeah. Right. Um, or having customers that can afford what you're selling. Right. Yeah. Or customers with more disposable income. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if you can pick anyone to be your customer. Correct. Right. Like go for the premium. Yeah. You're either, you're either the premium or you're Walmart. Yeah. There's like, there's no, there's no strategic advantage to being in the middle of it. Yep. I feel like I probably said this before. On Everybody the show. says it all the time. Everybody probably says it, but there's not like, in my opinion, like you'll find your niche, but that's, that's a different dynamic than price. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, have a wealthier customer, mm-hmm. right? I'm like our end customer at allied is a home builder, publicly yeah. traded national home builders, they have money, they have buying power, right? They're yeah. like, in essence, in some ways, maybe too big to fail. Mm-hmm. Probably not true statement, but no. but definitely harder to fail. Let's put it that bigger way. Bigger bank accounts. Much bigger, right? Much, much they can more get bigger money loans. and engine behind it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when we talk about like, who are you selling to or what's the market for what you have, right? Like if you're selling in, like if if your main customer is low in socioeconomic status, it's more difficult. It just is, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And anyone who's ever had customers at different levels know that the more somebody pays, typically the easier of a customer they are to have. Yeah, so true. Right? So true. Like people that pay 
us six figures to mentor them are like much more reasonable, intelligent, easier people to deal with than customers that would pay forty dollars mm -hmm. for a bag of protein that are mad that but they can't, can't find they, the scoop in that the they bag. They can't find the scoop in the bag and that they had not to like, that they're bad customers. I don't want to say that. Yeah. But yeah. it's just it's different. Like the problems are different. Totally. You know? Totally different. Yeah. And the scoop in the bag. It is frustrating though when you can't find the scoop in the bag. Well, that was like one of the number one support tickets is like, there's no scoop in my bag. <laughs> like it's at the bottom. Or like it's in there, just squeeze. <laughs> it gets shaked around. Squeeze, squeeze the bottom. Yeah. Like you gotta massage it out, right? <laughs> like everyone's done like the the like scooper massage out. Yeah. You know? But there's just different size like like problems, uh -huh. you know? Like like you have like at the higher end, people like figure things out like they're like okay like have a conversation about it all right got it like figure it out like good yeah you know it's not like little day-to-day -day things that you get with like a, a walmart customer you know it's a totally different problem totally different. totally different problems well and even at even at lady boss i mean we we uh we had a premium product it was mm -hmm. three times as much as protein at walmart yeah right our core mm -hmm. our core product was three times as much yeah. as walmart mm -hmm. and um and so but but overall just you know you could even have the same thing right now and you're just not marketing to people who are fluent. Right. Like I, one of the companies we worked with, uh, we, we work with now, um, they made a shift in their messaging to a more affluent group of people. Yeah. And just, just got very clear on who they serve and it was, you know, more fluent audience. I mean, the company 4 would Yeah. Right. That was a mm -hmm. major part of them 4 like a span of like a couple months. Yeah, it was massive growth, right? Because- at the end of the day, it's like, is it easier to sell to someone who has more disposable income or less? Right. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Just think of like the manpower and the amount of sales calls you have to go through with people that don't have as much disposable income as the ones who do. And like, okay. Yeah. Now you're seeing all <laughs> these things come together. The LTV, right. the value, yes. the, the price of your product, the average value of your customer, right? The number yeah. of customers it's going to take. The number right. of staff that it takes. The number of staff. You see how this all starts to like wrap yep. together, yep. right? And so it kind of weaves together to create this narrative of of what the business model really looks like and what it takes. So it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed this one. It's kind That's of good. kind of deep, kind of digging in. Like, yeah, it is deep. Like my, my goal is to make people's brain bleed sometimes because <laughs> I'm like, I feel like if mine doesn't hurt, I'm not trying hard enough. I'm like, <laughs> you I know. know. But, like Brady gets done at the end of the day and he's like, oh, my brain. Yeah. Those like scrambled eggs. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But but overall, guys, I want you to leave encouraged. Like just because maybe you're, you're like, you're listening. You're like, oh my gosh, my business is the opposite of this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, don't be discouraged. Like, no. like we had a great successful run with a company that was the opposite of most of this, mm -hmm. right? We had, we, we had, we had some of these things, right. Mm -hmm. Um, or well on the scale and, and, and we did, we did great. And like, I just know that when you're looking at your journey and I was having a conversation with our clients, uh, this week and it was like, you know, what, like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. And, and I'm like, look, you're building a skill set right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and most of us that are in our first build, we're just like in the vehicle that we kind of stumbled in. And, and so, but this is your training ground. This is your like, like, even if it's not the most profitable thing in the world, or it's like scaling as fast as you want, like you're developing a skill set, like you're developing a skill set that's going to serve you the rest of your career. And when you have cushion 
financially, when you have options, when you have time because you've learned how to create profit, you've learned how to delegate and move yourself out of the day-to-day, you've learned how to create space and time as an entrepreneur and still have a business that's running, you're going to get there and then you're going to be like, oh, what do I want to do now? Right? And you're going to have this skill set and you're going to take this episode. It's going to be like a total foundation for the next day. Yes. And you're going to take this episode and you're going to be like, because I promise you, you're not going to retire. Right? Like, right. <laughs> promise you. And, and uh, you know, I think we're, we're going to film an episode about rest and time off and like sabbatical and all that because that's something I've really like gone, gone 360 with recently. Um, but, but at the end of the day, you're, you're going to end up getting in a place where you have options and, and hopefully this is a, a guidepost for you, right? Or it could be a guidepost in the business right now. Like how, if I'm in a model, like a pretty good model, how do I start moving in more of these directions? You know, yeah, like exactly. how do I, how do I start positioning? How do I slide myself on the scale closer to these things than what it is now? Yeah. So, you know, good. if you think of it like a, more like a scale instead of like a this or that, right. it's more like a scale. Like how do I start sliding down the scale towards these things? Yeah, totally. And, and I'm just, I'm just excited. So I'm excited for you hearing this and, and just personally, like I was on a call and they were just like, man, I can tell you're like jazz. I'm like, I'm pumped about <laughs> allied development, what we're doing and what we're yeah. going to build and what's already happening. And, and, uh, and I'm fired up and it's, it's kind of wild. Like I, uh, I made a post the other day and, um, you know, we're accepting about $3 million right now in capital. Mm-hmm. And I, I subscribed a million and a half of it in like three days. Mm-hmm. And, it's crazy because like I just put it out to my network. Mm-hmm. Like this is like I'm literally relocating. We're moving to Scottsdale. I know. Right. From Texas. We're moving we're moving to Scottsdale because we're all in and we're like I wanna be where the headquarters is. I don't wanna be remote. I wanna be I wanna build in person. Mm-hmm. I love that concept. I've done it before. We had a headquarters for Albuquerque in Albuquerque for Lady Boss. And I love that environment. I'm excited to go back to that. I've been working remote for years and I'm excited to go back to that. But like, we're all in. And so anyway, I made this post and made this announcement. It was like, man, I should probably like tell the people that I know and are close to me. Yeah. Because like, like honestly, like we're, I just got off a call and we're setting up the funnels and the ads and we're, we're like, we're rolling mm-hmm. and, and capital won't yeah. be an issue for us because of, of the model. Yeah, we're about returns. to launch it like publicly. But I'm right? like, hey, I might as well tell the people I know so that they could, get in and like have an opportunity. Right. So I'll make that, I'll make that offer to you guys. If, if you're like, Hey, I like what you're talking about, Brandon, I want to learn more. Um, I'll put a link in the podcast description so you can check out the business model and understand the investment opportunity for a 20% preferred return plus more. So we target 30% return. So like we want to, you hand us a hundred grand or you, you know, you hand us a million bucks, right? We want to hand you back 1.3 million basically on a year's time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, there's a lot of nuance, all that. So, you, you know, check out the video and the deck and everything and the link, but, um, but I'm, I'm excited for, for what we're doing, where it's going and taking this, like we're taking real estate, mm-hmm. right. And we're bringing it together with direct response and, and the internet side of things. And that's a cool yeah, proposition it's like a whole new thing happening. Yeah. And that's like what Cody and I are so fired up about because it's like, you know, he's been doing this for 20 years just with his own money mm-hmm. and make like and some friends, friends and, and family, some friends and family money. And now it was like mom and pop in it, you know? Yeah. And now, now we're already in the middle of scaling and, and like, that's, what's so cool about 
about it and it all makes sense, right? Like I break down these elements and um, it's funny when I was, when I was scripting this episode uh, and I just write bullet points for myself, like I don't have a script, but um, I was like, oh, like this is literally, this is why I picked it. Like I almost like reverse engineered myself and like, oh yeah, this is why I picked it. This is good, right? Yeah. This is why I decided to do this. Um, so anyway, guys, thanks for watching. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for yeah. being with us. Check out the link uh, in the show notes if you want to check out that investment opportunity. And uh, thanks for your feedback. Tell us, give us a review. We love to read those. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye.